Fearless. Chase. Bold. Following. Courageous. Search. I'm Aaron. And I'm Marshall. And this is Undaunted Pursuit. No, I was, we ate dinner a minute ago, and then I saw the email from Zencaster pop up on my phone, so I was napping oh. after I ate, so I got up and came in here and turned the computer on and got ready. Oh, I got you. That's cool. Yeah. Well, shoot, man. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Undaunted Pursuit Podcast. We're glad to have you here. And, um, well, heck. Uh, let's see here. Rusty Drake was our Rusty Drake and the Watchmen were our featured music artists on the last podcast. And so, like I said, Marshall, the last time we met here, we weren't uh, sure as to what song I was going to put on there, but that's who it ended up being. Yep. So thank you for that. Glad you guys uh, submitted that music. And I already have an idea of who I want next, but we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so how's it going? Uh, anything anything special? I mean, I'm by myself, so um, the highlight of my day is being able to sit down at night and watch fishing videos on <laughs> TV. So <laughs> my life right now is not very exciting, Sometimes that slower pace of life is what we need from time to time. Uh, not a whole lot going on. Um, let's see. Since the last time we talked, what's been going on? Not 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 too terribly much. Um, just uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, so did I share this on the last one? Did, did, I, did I tell on the last podcast about our cat passing away? Yeah, I think I did. I, I talked about that already. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. We, we are going to pick up the ashes of the cat this weekend. We're going to go into Fort Worth to go um, spend some time with my wife's family uh, for Father's Day and do some other stuff and uh, pick up the, the cat's ashes and then uh, just kind of chill, have some fun. And that's Good. about it. Yeah, not not too much. It's kind of kind of boring this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's you know what it's been nice is to be able to study and to you know like today's Luke chapter sixteen is I've got a ton of notes where I normally don't have hardly any notes if that. Um. So now I've got a bunch of notes. So this is uh, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys are ready for a ride because this is going to be a good one. But before we get into the topic of this evening or the topic of this week, I wanted to I was trying to think of different, you know, like just pre-show banter and uh, what we can talk about before we actually get into it. And I, I got to thinking about I just had to save this uh, article that I came across on Google. Uh, of course, you know, when you pull it up, as usual, it comes up with different articles. And let me look at this this article uh, heading. It says Yellowstone tourists. Okay. This is funny because every time you hear about Yellowstone guy, a uh, guy in Yellowstone, um, it has to probably do with something stupid, right? 
So this this article was titled Yellowstone Tourists Put Baby Elk in Car, Drive It to Police Station. <laughs> Why? <Mm-mm>. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know, um, how, how do you think how do you think this played out in the car, Marshall? Hey, honey, honey, please, please pull over. Look at that baby elk. No, there's a bunch of elk standing out in the field out there, but it's lost. No, honey, let's just go. <laughs> no, pull over. Let's stop and but okay, fine. So you know, husband pulls it over and uh she gets out. She I assume it was she, maybe it was he. Maybe the roles are uh, are reversed here. Either way, we'll we'll stick with this analogy for the time being. So she loads this thing up in the in the car. She where is the best where are we gonna take this thing now? You know, she thinks it's lost, which it's not. It's a wild animal. It's not lost. So where do they decide to take it? To the police station. What in your right mind makes you think that uh, that's a good place to take a wild animal? They're they're not zookeepers. <laughs> Stay in your <laughs> what they car. Gonna do, throw it in the jail cell. And, what are they going to do? Throw it in the jail cell and hold it overnight? <laughs> I mean, it's a yeah. wild animal, y'all. It lives. <laughs> In the wild, it's not going to get lost because it was born in nature where it belongs. If you see an animal, leave it alone. But if it's hurt, okay, call a game warden, help them out. Um, but most likely that hurt animal is going to get gobbled up by some other animal. It's just the way it goes. That's funny, though. People crack yeah. me up. Well, it was just, I, I was I, I was really searching here for something to talk about tonight. But... Um, <clears throat> I thought it was funny because you hear about those stories all the time. You know, there was, as I was, uh, I dig deeper. There was another story about a person that got trampled by a bison because they tried to, uh, get so close to it to take a selfie with it. And, uh, Oh yeah. There's things like that happening all the time, but you, you know, see videos. in this case, it, you chose the wrong place. Go ahead. Absolutely. No, I was just going to say, you see videos all the time of people trying to get selfies with wild, you know, bison, buffalo, elk, um, all sorts of wild animals and, you know, and moose. Moose are very territorial and they're not very nice. Uh, people think they are, but they're they're not at all. Yeah. And same with bison, um, especially if they have young around. Uh, they're very, very territorial, territorial and protective and so it's it's funny these people go, and I've even seen people do it with bears. I'm like, are you nuts? Are you nuts? It's like a thousand pound creature. It's gonna tear you to shreds. It's gonna tear you in the chopped brisket, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, this ain't Winnie the Pooh. Okay, it's it's a wild bear. Here's a pot of honey. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, you know, a, a police station. You know, I'm sorry. That's the wrong place with bars, like we were talking about earlier. <laughs> a zoo has bars. Maybe you should have taken it to a zoo, but a police station, yeah. <laughs> or the game warden. Think about that. <laughs> I think I, yeah. How about just not touching it, you know? Just leave just, it alone. Leave it alone. I think it's going to be the title of, ten, of this week's episode is just stay in your car. Or something like, uh, don't touch the animals. <laughs> just just put, don't touch it, dot, dot, dot. You know, that, that kind of does, <laughs> yeah, don't touch it. But that, that reminds me of a, uh, 
a thing I was joking about with Ashley, which, given the opportunity, I I would probably say I would give it a shot. I'd probably die in the process. But so as you drive down south of here, where we live, there's uh you get to McCall, Idaho, and there's deer walking around everywhere. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They're not hunted inside the city and um, inside the town or whatever. But uh, so you can literally, you know, you can literally drive right up to them and just, and they just don't care. They just walk right in front of your car. So anyway, I was, we were driving through there one time and I was joking with Ashley. I was like, one of these days, I think they're so tamed that I could get out of this car, park it in the middle of the road, get out of this car and jump on the back of that uh, deer and just ride it out. And she, and of course <laughs> that ensued in a, a long discussion about how I, that was, might be a bad idea, but um, yeah. I mean, wouldn't that, doesn't that sound like something? It sounds like fun, doesn't it? I mean, I think it'd be a blast. You know, my, my wife and I went to, uh, went to Lawton, Oklahoma, last weekend and we just went there to kind of get away for it's only an hour away from us we went to the great plains museum yeah up there and it's really more for like i've been there have you yeah it's more for kids and like you know school you know trips and stuff like that but hey we're like the only two we like the only two people in there period and definitely the only adults and we were we were playing with everything that was there we had we had a good time but um uh, while we were there or before we went there, there's this park before you get there kind of by the highway. And then you got tons and tons and tons and tons of geese were just everywhere. There's goose poop all over the place. And you know, you always see those videos of like the male goose with like the big horn on his head. And you see those are the ones that usually chase people down. Well, we're just walking around. Yeah. And swans. It, was that a swan? You're right. It's not a goose. What am I thinking? It was a swan. My bad. You're right. It was a bunch of, there was a bunch of swan. And uh, I was just, we were walking down the trails, just dodging all the swan poo. And uh, I was waiting. I was just waiting for one of those swan to come chase us down. And, and it, it never happened. We were good. Um, <laughs> but I, I never, but th- there were also geese there. There were some geese, swan, and a few duck, but mostly swan. I've never seen somebody swan in one place at one time. Oh, sure. Um, but yeah, back to the, Great Plains Museum. If you people haven't been there and you're in the Oklahoma area, Lawton area, uh, go check it out. It's a pretty cool place. Um, it's very interactive for children. There's a lot to do, a lot to learn, a lot of activities. Uh, heck, I got to play at Lincoln Logs again since the first time in like probably, nice. I don't know, 30 years since I was a kid, you know? <laughs> so uh, it was fun. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Well, I guess while we're on the topic of birds, um, it kind of it kind of sparked a memory in my head. So I worked when I was younger. I worked with the fisheries biologist for the Missouri Department of Conservation, and uh, we were out fishing one day. And I was just we were just casting, and I was like, "Hey, you know, some ducks fly by." And I was like, "Hey, man, I'm going to catch one of these things." Not trying to catch them at all, because who would have thought that you could catch a duck out of midair with a lure? Well, <laughs> I did. And it was down by the Branson Landing. And um, if you know anything about that, it's 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 very populated. So here I am. I cast this out. I just cast it. I'm just joking. And I was like, I'm going to, you know, because I said this and I'm just going in for a regular cast. Well, no kidding. That thing, that lure caught that duck. 
and he flew out of midair and just splashed that water. He just hit that water. And uh, I was like, I, I look at my boss. I'm like, oh, uh-oh. Uh, so I had to, I had to like shake it off real quick. And then he, he finally got away. He was unharmed. No animals were hurt in this story. Okay. But, um, you know, that's happened to me twice. I've had, I've caught a duck out of midair with a lure. And, um, one thing I just couldn't avoid was I was trout fishing down there uh, around the same spot. I casted, uh, some power bait out there to, uh, I was fishing for trout and uh, a goose comes up and eats it. Or not mm. eats it, but just kind of grabs a hold of it. I'm like, no, 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 no. And it's, it's stripping line as it's trying to get away because now it realizes that I have it almost hooked. And oh, uh, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then finally it gets far enough away that it just kind of uh, either breaks off or just. Yeah. So, you know, that stuff happens all the time. It, it, it does. I actually I remember when I was a kid up in Missouri um, at my grandparents old place. There was a hummingbird. This happened a couple times. It got in their garage and it got real hot in there during the summertime. And it mm-hmm. kinda, eventually it fell down because it couldn't find its way out. And, you know, they, they require a lot of sugar to keep going. And so I was able to pick him up and I put him on. My grandparents had some hummingbird feeders and I, I put him up on there and stuck his beak in there. And he drank, 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 drank. And eventually he flew off. It was kind of cool to hold a hummingbird because, you know, those things are super fast. And then the, the likelihood of ever catching one of those. Um, it's pretty slim, so it was kind of neat to be able to hold one of those in your hand and and then let it let it fly off. You know, I guess you could argue the fact that uh, a hummingbird could really be a crackhead. A hummingbird's oh, a crackhead, definitely. You know, it got to have that sugar. <laughs> it has to. If it doesn't have that sugar. It's gonna just crash. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's another title for tonight's episode: Hummingbirds are crackheads. <laughs> <laughs> The crackhead of the sky. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay, so this is turning into an outdoor episode pretty quickly. But, uh, well, I guess before uh, we get really started, because then it's going to be long enough as it is. But um, I think this weekend I'm going to go out. My plans, if it doesn't rain too terribly hard, are um, it's free fishing day this uh this weekend in idaho so i'm gonna i'm gonna try and go out and i'm gonna go try and catch a sturgeon something i've never tried to do uh since i've been here and um the sturgeon they get huge and i've gotten word of a 10 foot sturgeon in a hole uh pretty close to here so i think i'm gonna go try it i don't know how the heck i'm gonna get it in by myself (laughs) because it's uh, it's a deep hole but we're I'm I'm gonna go try it this weekend, uh, given the opportunity to. So yeah, well, before I'm you kind go down excited. there, I gotta do something better, before I leave here. Yeah, you better go grab yourself one of those straps where the strap goes around your back like you're deep sea fishing, and you got that little dill to hold to rest your, your pole in, and then you better get yourself a bigger pole because that sucker's gonna <laughs> right. pull you in with it. <laughs> yeah. I've got a big pole um already. You know, I've got yeah, I've got one that's that's pretty decent for uh, that type of fishing. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah. All right. So Luke chapter 16. That's what we're covering mm-hmm. tonight. Right, Marshall? That's it. That's the one. Yep. Yep. And then what this topic is covering is we're going to be talking about money and righteousness. Now, I have a 
I, I put it in quotations, but I don't know exactly why. Um, probably just because it was a quote in um, when I was studying for this. And I, I liked it so much, and I kind of want to kick us off with this quote. If God can trust us to spend our money to meet the needs of others, then the money we ourselves need will also uh, be provided. Sorry, I'm going to read that again. Well, so, you know, because I, I, I took these notes and I, I found this like later on in my study. And so I had to go back and add this because I wanted this at the beginning of the podcast. So mm. think about this and keep this in the back of your mind as we're reading through Luke chapter 16. If God can trust us to spend our money to meet the needs of others, then the money we ourselves need will also be provided. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So. Okay. All right. So, uh, verse one. Jesus is uh, he, he's talk he he's talking uh, in, in a parable to the disciples about a manager uh, of a rich man's estate. So it's it's going to be much like a uh, a personal assistant today. And mm-hmm. so uh, it says now Jesus was also saying to the disciples there was a certain rich man who had a manager of his estate and his. Uh, and accusations against this man were brought to him uh, that this man was squandering his master's possessions. This guy had access to the rich man's money, and he was obviously embezzling it. He was uh, essentially cheating this this rich man. And so another way to another way to put it, uh, what this guy did is he was a steward. And I think that I kind of switch it up between manager and steward as we progress forward through this, but, but putting it in that light, Marshall is um, if we think about him as a steward, we as Christians are stewards, right? Yep. Oh yeah. God, God is the boss and which we can kind of, you know, Jesus in this parable is using two probably dishonest men, um, both the the steward or the manager and the rich man. I mean, because this rich man is putting his faith and trust in um, worldly possessions. But we'll get into that later. But if we want to look at it in this light, God is the boss, and he's the rich man in the parable. How are we stewarding what God has given us? And I'm going to be asking a lot of rhetorical questions, just something for you to like chew on throughout the week and to, to think about. Um, so how are we stewarding what God has given us? Are we managing what God has given us which within our lives wisely? And are we being good stewards of the time and talents and finances God has provided? Just a, just a few things to think about there. Do you have anything to add on that, Marshall? Yeah, I mean, really, just that, that you know, 16, 1 through 8, that first little section there is... Like Aaron's saying, this that that's all about it's all about managing our money, and if you think about it, the money that we have is is not ours; it's God's anyway. So, something to to keep in mind about money is that money can be used for good, and it can be used for evil. So, it's always important to keep yep. in mind to use our our money for yep. good and not evil. And and a, another good uh, important point to point out is money has power, a lot of power. So when you have that money, it's important Mm -hmm. to use it thoughtfully and to not just use it maybe to get your way 
or to get more power for yourself or whatever it may be. Let me stop you right there for a second because that leads me into another like rhetorical question because like when I'm taking notes, I'm I'm kind of asking questions like, and and this is the, you know it's kind of what you do as you read through God's word and you're like okay am I and here's the here's the question that I wrote down are you living selfishly or are you using those resources obviously that God has given you to lead people to Jesus are you doing are you actively doing kingdom work mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good question yeah are we using our time are we spending time with God in prayer. Uh, in both prayer and his word, not just on Sundays, but every day? Mm-hmm. Are we using the the talents? Are we showing God's love through our actions? Are you using uh, your abilities to share Jesus? Are you acting like him uh, learned through his word? So are we acting like Jesus that we've learned through the reading of God's word? So we're I'm kind of breaking down the um you know just some of the blessings and the talents and stuff that God gives us in our lives when we choose to uh follow him. And here's a here's a big one Marshall for uh, really for me you know because there's times that we're all a little uh complacent with our money. But are we are we living for that money? Or are we are we always chasing after that dollar, or are you using that money that God gave you wisely and and not trying to keep up with the Joneses? You know, it's what are you doing with that money? Because it's go ahead. No, I was gonna say, you know, that that's something that I always catch myself thinking, and especially when I was reading through this last night, um, or whenever it was. Yeah, I think it was last night I was reading through this. You know, as I'm reading through, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself. What, how, um, how am I spending my money? Uh, who have I helped lately? You know, who, who have I tried to bless with my finances and how often do I do that? And, and how thoughtful am I being with the money that God has blessed me with? And, and not only that, um, mm-hmm. am I, am I properly tithing my money like I should be as well? Because like we said before, this is not our money. It's God's money. But you know, that's yeah. something I've caught myself saying before at work when like talking to coworkers and stuff is, you know, I want to keep moving up in the company that I work for. And I, and I always mm-hmm. say it's, you know, obviously to make more money so that I can provide a, a better future and a better life for my family and also be able to help others. Uh, and I said, you know, I always say it's not that I'm chasing money, like Aaron said, um, but Money does help, right? Like it doesn't hurt to have our money, and money's not a bad thing if you use it properly, if you're responsible with it. Um, but the, you know, those are on no. in, rea- in reality, those are things that I catch myself thinking a lot about. You know, because um, if you allow it, money can take control of your life really quick, and it can be a downward spin, and uh, it just goes nowhere yeah. fast. Oh, and and you, we're we're gonna get this whole chapter is about that. And like you said, Marshall, it's like, what can, even you just said it. I mean, you we're slipping up in real time here talking with, talking over this podcast is the fact that what can I do to make more money for my way of living? That's not, 
we're going to learn here in this chapter that that's not exactly what, how can I make more money to further God's kingdom? It's not what, you know, of course we, it's okay. Like you said, we'll find out that it's okay to be, to have wealth or to have that money. But you, for one, you're, you're not going to want to put your faith and trust in it because it's mm-hmm. temporary. And, and that's, that's later on. We won't dive too deep into that, but, uh, it's not, it's not, it has, it has nothing to do with you. God's going to yeah. give you the money that you need in your life to um, get by and, and to bless others because that's what he calls us to do. Absolutely. You know, I was thinking just now, really, I was thinking, you know, how cool would it be to get to a point in your faith walk and your Christian walk with God to where, you absolutely 100% don't worry or care about your finances. And what I mean by that is you're not worried about how you're going to pay for this bill or how you're going to pay for that bill or how you're going to put gas in your vehicle or how you're going to buy groceries or maybe how you're going to help somebody or whatever that may be. Like, wouldn't it be nice to get to that point in your life to where you just literally live day to day, 100% living in faith knowing that God is going to provide for you. And so you just don't worry period about your finances. I mean, I hope to get to that point in my life one day, but I'm far from it. Well, and we're going to get to that. We are going to get to that point in this, in this podcast as to stop trying to say someday I will get there. You know, what are you doing now? Yeah. What are you doing now to use God's money for his good? Yep. Yep. Anyway, so, all right. So, uh, moving on to verse two, let's see what it says here. <laughs> Cause there's, there's a chance that we could get, I, I could re just kind of get redundant and reiterate myself in, in these notes. So I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. So anyway, verse two, dang, that was verse one. So let's see what else <laughs> we got going on here. Um, he ca- <laughs> the, the 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 rich man calls this manager in or the steward and he says to them what is this i hear about you and i want to give uh give an accounting of your management of my affairs for you can no longer be my manager stop right there give an account of your management give an account of your stewardship what did you do with the talents god gave you that's one way we can look at this and we all have to face that. And we will, mm-hmm. believer, unbeliever, we are all going to have to face and give an account of how we used God's talents in this life yeah. or God's blessings in this life. What are you going to do? Or what? I mean, sorry. What are you going to tell God when you're standing in front of him? And it's, I, I don't want people to get the wrong impression here. It's not that we are in a works-based relationship with God as Christians, but we are duly called to use what God gave us to further his kingdom during our lives here on this earth. Yep. Right on the money. So this, this manager of the estate says to himself, what will I do? Let me, let me, 
I'm reading off to the side here. So, okay. So the, uh, he says, uh, says to himself, what will I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig for a living and I'm ashamed to beg. So this, this steward knows, uh, he knew his management would, is, is going to be taken away from him. And he, and he was going to be a call. He was, he's, he's, he knows he's getting called to account for what he did and all, everything was going to be exposed. So, you know, you can look at this when he says that, um, that he's, uh, he's not strong enough to dig for a living and he's ashamed to beg all other options that he has for other jobs or anything that he can do are, are unattractive to him. Yep. So we can think, we can think about this two ways, Marshall. One, the way we, the, the way we break this down uh, verse three is, uh, one, don't squander what you've been given. All other options besides following and serving a living God should be unattractive to us. Okay, that's one. Mm-hmm. That's one way of thinking about breaking down this thing and taking out of out of this uh, this verse is that we can uh, nothing else should matter. Nothing else should. No worldly option should be attractive to us other than knowing and serving and following a living God. Mm-hmm. And so. That brings us to uh, option number two, or another way to look at this verse, is to consider the fact that if you're not stewarding what God gave you to advance the kingdom, you're of no more use. What good are you in this world if you aren't uh, stewarding what God gave you to advance the kingdom? It's a pretty bold statement, but am I wrong in saying that, Marshall? No, no, you're exactly right. I mean, that's it's funny. Everything you're saying, I've got pretty much right here. It's and it's still that that number two point is what what you're pretty much saying there is like I said earlier is money can be used for good or evil. You use it for good. Yeah, I told you we were going to get into this. We we almost got ahead of ourselves in in verse one. Yeah, <laughs> but in uh, you know, and I'm not talking. I'm not talking about losing your salvation. So as a Christian, your ambitions should be to want to share the love of Christ, not to keep it to yourself. You see that a lot these days. You're, if you're keeping it to yourself, you're missing out on the blessing God has for you. Mm-hmm. The, the gospel is meant to be shared. God wants all of us to come to him. Think about it this way, Marshall. Uh, think about this as a father punishing his child for not doing what they were told. It, it's not the fact that the father didn't love him anymore or that the child is no longer part of the family. It's just that the child was needing to learn a lesson a, in a teachable moment. Moment. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that makes you know, sense. That's yeah, kind no. of what this. Well, yeah. Well, and you know, my, my question is, and it's kind of, going down a rabbit trail, why, why are we so afraid to, to get out there and, and spread the gospel? Like you kind of mentioned in there, it's our job and duty to get out there as Christians and do that. Why are we so afraid to do that? What is holding us and keeping yeah. us back from, from, from doing God's will, from serving other people, from spreading his gospel? Are we afraid? Are we scared? Are we afraid of what people might think of us or say to us? Um, do we think that we're not cut well, out to to speak to people, or you know, like like what is it that, that that's keeping us as Christians from doing God's work? You're you're completely right, and you're starting to dive into that mini series that I've been studying on how to boldly share Jesus, 
And I've been thinking a lot about that, a lot about apologetics and, and, um, and like the missed opportunities that I've had personally in my life. And, um, I have, I have a little bit of notes on that and that I ask the same questions. It's, um, in there, are we scared of how people are going to react? And then of course I've related that to, I found verses to go along to back that up, why we shouldn't be scared. And are we insecure in our knowledge of God's word in the event someone wanted us to elaborate on that? You know, I think that's all valid points why people get scared. They're they're scared of the way people are going to look at them, and why it's such a it's such a great life. It's and yes, it has its hardships. Okay, but it's such a great life to know Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. And why wouldn't we want to share that if we were? If we truly knew him, why do we not want to share that? You're right. Yep. yep. And, and, and it's like our, our, our previous podcast. You know, it's it's going to come at a cost. That's inevitable. But you can't worry about that. Yeah. You can't admit, which God tells us not to worry about things. You can't worry about that kind of stuff. You just have to, again, just like we're talking about with all these, with the money, you have to have faith. You have to trust him with your life, just like you have to trust him with your money. Uh, that he's going to lead you in the right direction. He's going to show you how to handle your money. It's like he'll show you what to say and who to talk to and who not to talk to. And he, he he's gonna he's in control here. You know we can you know try to do things our way all we want, but ultimately God God has the last say in all this. Yep. Yep. Okay. So the next verses I kind of lumped together verses four through seven, and we're not I'm not going to read what he does with all these uh, um, debtors to his master. But the manager of the state is, he, uh, he says, I know what I'll do so that when I'm removed from the management, people who are my master's debtors will welcome me into their homes. So he summons the master's debtors one by one. And then he, he goes about, um, he goes about settling their debts for a lower, a, a lower amount. And then in verse seven there, he says, um, he says to another, and how much you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. Uh, take your bill. Okay. So he, he gathers these debtors together, and he settles them out. And so realizing that uh, he, the manager, was about to be out of the job, he devises this plan to make a little money, to make a little money, and to also make friends with these debtors that owed the rich man money. By doing this, it, it opens up the door for the manager to have a place to uh, stay when he has lost his job. So he's making these friends to get something out of them. Mm-hmm. So he's going to help these guys out, make a little money on the side before, because obviously this manager, or this, uh, this master, this rich man, um, knew something was going on, but maybe he didn't know the full extent as to how he was embezzling this money or how much he had lost and uh, how this guy, how this manager had cheated him um, in any way. So that's why you see this manager still uh, being able to make some deals with uh, these debtors because he's, he's still working up until the point that the master lets him go. Right. So he, like I said, he reduces his he reduces their debt, um, as seen. And go back and read it for yourselves uh, in verses five through seven. You know, Aaron, I, 
really wanted to touch on. Um, Go ahead. So I want to read verse eight, but then what I really want to touch on is verse nine, because when I read verse nine, I didn't understand it. <laughs> the way it said, I was just like, what is he? What's going on here? So I'm going to go ahead and read this. I'm going to explain what, what he's talking about. But don't don't go all the way through. Um, don't go into verse nine quite yet, because I have a few things to say about verse eight. Because it, it, surprisingly, okay. there's a lot to um, break down in verse eight, it, yeah, despite what you may you, you may not think so. But there there really is. Yeah. So go ahead, read verse eight, and then I'll, I'll stop you there. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, so pretty much it says the the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind. Sorry, I can't read this. This, this light is hitting this just right. It's red lettering. So it's hard to, so for the people <laughs> of this world are more shrewd in dealing okay. with their own kind than are the people of the light. Speaking of light. Yes. And I, I Maybe maybe we'll both read it because your translation is a little different. Mine says, uh, "Oh man, I got oh oh man, I almost lost my spot. Dang it!" Okay, hold on a second here. All right, I got it. Okay, so mine mine says because it, it breaks it down a little bit more. Uh, being the amplified version, it says, "And his master command uh, commended the unjust man unjust manager, not for his misdeeds, uh, but because he had acted shrewdly." by preparing for his future uh, unemployment. For the sons of this age, the non-believers are shrewder in relation to their own kind, that is, to the ways of the secular world, than are the sons of light, which are the believers. Does that kind of make does that kind of make a, a, a little bit more sense? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Okay, so what I what I wanted to do was break down um, I looked up uh, the dictionary what shrewdness was what what it was like to be shrewd so what is the definition definition of shrewd and it's showing quick practical cleverness so that that's the definition of what a sh- of being shrewd is is to uh show cleverness or being wise or um or what have you but so in saying that the master praised the manager for his shrewdness it was like saying um, t- take it this way. Oh, you got me. Mm-hmm. You got me. You, you, you pulled a fast one on me. That's what the manager, that's what the master is saying. It's like, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. That's exactly what I, <laughs> it's funny you say that. Cause when I was reading this last night, when I saw the word shrewd, I was like, well, what does he mean by that? And so I looked up the definition of shrewd too, as well. Um, just so I could better understand what, 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 what they were trying to say there. Yeah. So what is what is Jesus trying to tell us here? He's pointing out at the end of this verse that the businessmen of that time, which are the the children of this age, were more wise, they were more bold and they were more forward thinking in the management of what they had of what they had than the people of God were with managing what they had which are the children of light. So think about it this way. Um, I, I did see an analogy. Think about, think about anything on the shelves. Think about, you know, I saw the analogy of, of Coca-Cola. Why is it that Coca-Cola is more widely distributed than the word of God? Or, you know, because that's, that's what he's, that's what he's saying here. Yeah. 
Coca-Cola is more wide, widely marketed than the kingdom of God. Yep. Yeah. No. So I, I want to stop you for a minute and apologize. When, when, when you guys come back and listen to this podcast, you're probably going to hear uh, a fan in the background and a lot of crackling and popping. Well, <laughs> the crackling and popping is the wooden chair that I'm sitting in and the fan is loud. But this room that I'm in, for whatever reason, even though there's a vent, in here, it gets kind of hot and stuffy in here, so I had to turn the fan on because between my my sunburn that I got from mowing today and uh, uh, and just the stuffy little room <laughs> burning up in here, so I turned that fan on. I'm dying right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. It's not a big deal. I, we we can handle it. No problem. I don't have that problem right now here. It's like seventy, so. <laughs> It got to like 91 today, so it's a little toasty. Dang. Okay, so to finish out verse 8, and then let's get into 9 so that you can... Um, we'll, we'll get into 9 after the break, because we're going to take a break here in just a minute. Um, but I want to leave us with this coming out of verse 8. If we as believers would pursue the kingdom the same way as those of the world, we would all be living in a completely different world. Wouldn't you say, Marshall? Oh, Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Heck yeah. All right, so uh, let's take a break real quick, and when we come back, we'll get into verse 9. Sound good? Sounds good. Good? I'm good. (laughs) All right. Golly, we're back. All right. Uh, Yeah, heck, I had to... uh, I couldn't hold it any longer, man. I had... We had to take a break. I had to get a nice pack because my back is trash. Y'all, y'all getting old is not fun. <laughs> you ain't old. Don't give me that. <laughs> hey, I still got back issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get into verse nine. What did you? Uh, what What were you feeling about it? What part of it didn't you understand? Um, let's go ahead and read it, and then let's let's break it down. Break it down now. Break it down now. Break, break it down now. All right, so I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to explain it. So it says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. So when I read that, I was like, what? So Jesus, you're telling me to use worldly wealth to gain mm. friends? Like That just sounds kind of sounds kind of messed up. <laughs> Reading this at face value, like, that just, there's, there's that's a not bigger... a good way to make friends. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Yes, yeah, there's what's, a bigger hidden meaning in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. But at face value, when you're reading it, if you don't dig into it, um, it can come off kind of bad. So It does, most certainly. So pretty much after I read my little explanation down below, which breaks it down for me, it says, make wise use of our financial opportunities that we have not to earn heaven, but so that heaven will be a welcome experience for those that we help. So after I read that, I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes more sense now. I get it. So, yeah, at face value, if you don't read it, uh, if you don't dig into it, guys, um, the word can be a little, uh, that was kind of off-putting <laughs> to me. I was like, I'm sorry, what, Jesus? What, what are you trying to right. tell me right now? <laughs> so, unless uh, it makes a little more sense when you read it out of this amplified version. So listen to this. And it says, I, and I tell you, learn from this, 
which is that's in quotation or in parentheses, make friends for yourselves for eternity by means of the wealth of unrighteous. That is use material resources as a way to further the work of God so that when it runs out, they will welcome you into eternal dwellings. Yeah. Makes it, it makes it just a little easier to understand, but to break it even down, to break it down even further, we, we need to use our current resources to plan ahead for eternity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just like now, Marshall, we're getting into talking about what you were, what we were discussing earlier and we're, we're finally getting into it here. So what does that, what does that mean? How do we use our current resources to plan ahead for eternity? Well, be generous with your wealth in this life so that in your life to come, your new friends, those other believers, will receive you into eternal dwellings. Mm-hmm. Will, will receive you into eternity. Yep. So, and, and the word wealth, that doesn't mean that it means use, no matter how much money you make in this life, use it to glorify God. Not yourself, but God. Yeah, this life that we live I have I have also uh is not about us. No, go ahead. No, this I was just gonna say that this this you know this life that we live here is not about us. It, it's it's about God. So just you know, using that wealth that you have to further the kingdom of God is what our mindset should be. Yeah. I mean it's okay to use your money wisely, right? It, you know, Jesus doesn't say speak against that, but it's no. more important to practice long-term investing. All of us, you see all of us, I'm sure, Marshall, you have, uh, you're have. you investing for your retirement. Um, I have always said my retirement is the rapture or, you know, is uh, Jesus is Jesus coming back uh, because I have not invested my money as, as well as I should have. But I still am investing uh, money into retirement. So... But that we should also look at this as we should practice long-term investing with an eye to eternity. So we need to invest our resources for the Lord now. Yep. Not later. Not maybe someday. Uh, someday I'll start saving when I have enough money, um, or uh, I, I just don't make enough. I just can't do that. And uh, or not even just money. It's it's also. You're, you're like I was saying earlier, time and your talents too. Someday, maybe someday, I'll help a person when I feel that I can. I'm not really in a position to help anybody right now. Um, my my back hurts. You know, take you for example. My back hurts. I can't help. Well, there's other ways you can help too. There's other ways that you can give. Use what God has given you mm-hmm. uh, for to further the kingdom of God. Right? Oh, absolutely. We all have some sort of talent. Uh, we all have time. So there's plenty of things that we can do to further the kingdom of God. One thing you can you can say wealth itself, okay, is not inherently evil. But like you said earlier Marshall, the love of money can lead to all sorts of sin. Yep. 100%. I want you to look up real quick. Look up with me real quick 1 Timothy um 1 Timothy chapter 6 uh 6 through 10. I, I said um, six through ten. So, but godliness actually is a source of great gain when accompanied accompanied by contentment. 
that contentment which comes from a sense of inner confidence based on the sufficiency of God. For we, we have brought nothing into the world, so it is clear that we cannot take anything out of it either. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who are not financially ethical and crave to get rich with a compulsive greeting longing, longing for wealth fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction, uh, leading to personal misery. For the love of money, that is the greedy desire for it, and the willingness to gain it unethically, is a root of all sorts of evil, and some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves through and through with many sorrows. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't fall into that. <laughs> don't fall into that. That's no bueno. I, 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 I was just going to go with verse 10, but I don't always like just taking like one little verse out of, because there was so much more, you know, to it than just that one verse. And so that's why it was kind of long winded, but either way. No, it's good. You know, I got to thinking, what if, what if one day we, we, we do a podcast, like the whole podcast, like we're in a Southern church, just like on fire for God, like the Holy Spirit's a stern and we mm-hmm. spoke the entire podcast like that, like, like for instance, kind of like this, I'll read first. This <laughs> is, sorry guys, this is my, this is my ADD brain just going off on a rabbit trail, but <laughs> we, we just do a whole podcast like this. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. <laughs> we just do the whole entire podcast like that. I mean, that's bound to catch. This is bound to keep y'all's attention for sure. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Sorry, no kidding. I know that was so random, but I, I, did, I don't know. It just came to my mind. Well, that's why we love you. You just speak what you think. <laughs> That's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so where were we? Verse 10, chapter 16. And I love this, too. He who is faithful in very little... uh, Okay, sorry, let me back up. Mine reads a little different. I'm I'm going off of because when I when I'm studying Marshall, I'm I'm reading out of like a CSB and um, some of the study uh, material that I'm reading out of is either NIV, New King James, and all that. So then when I get in here, I automatically kind of revert back to um, what I was reading on. But okay, so verse 10, he who is faithful in a very little thing is also faithful in much. And he who is dishonest in very little thing is also dishonest with much. Uh, How far do I go? Oh, I go all the way through 13. So Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of earthly wealth, who will entrust you to true riches? Uh, entrust the true riches to you. And if you have not been faithful in the use of that earthly wealth, with which belongs to another, whether God or man, and which uh, uh, and of which you are trustee, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will, okay, yeah, that's I can keep going. Uh, or he will stand uh, devotedly by the one and despise the other. 
You cannot serve both God and uh, mammon, which we'll go, we'll get into that here in a minute. That is your earthly possessions or anything else you put your trust in and rely on instead of God. So you cannot serve both uh, God and mammon, which I, I, that's, it's an interesting, it really is an interesting word. I don't know that I broke it down in my notes really, but um, yeah, you guys need to look it up. It, it is there. It's got a, Pretty neat little meaning to it. Mm. What are you looking up, Marshall? I'm looking for that word, and I can't find it in my Bible. Oh, let me see here. Let's see. Let me just do it. Mammon. Uh, wealth regarded. Mammon. Wealth regarded as an evil influence or false object of worship and devotion. Mm. Um, let's see here. Mammon in Hebrew means money. Um uh, the word was adopted to modern Hebrew to mean wealth, is what I'm coming up with. Hmm. Well, that's odd that my Bible doesn't even have that word in there. Darn NIV. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, this verse is is a is very simple. <laughs> it, it's it's very simple and it's very self-explanatory. And so it, the the truth of the matter is, if you can't handle a little bit, how can you be trusted with a lot? Yeah, plain and simple. If you're dishonest, yeah, if you're dishonest and you're unfaithful in your everyday life, regardless of projecting that, uh, and I'm, I'm using this in quotations, Christian image, you are also dishonest and unfaithful in your spiritual life as well and mm-hmm. can't be trusted with spiritual riches. Yeah. So what's one question we can ask? You, you, do, you, do you want more uh, stewardship? Is that what you strive for? You want more kingdom responsibility and the rewards that come with that? Then start being true, start being honest, and start being faithful with a little, and God will give you so much more. Absolutely. I've seen it time and time again in my life, whether someone has blessed me in some way or whether I was able to bless somebody in some way. But it's a really cool thing because whether I was being blessed and I saw... The person who's blessing me get their blessing by blessing me, or there's me blessing somebody, and I saw that blessing from God. Um, Tell you guys, serving the Lord, it's pretty cool. You gotta try it out if you haven't. It is yes. So Jesus rounds out in verse thirteen. Who or what? Okay, who or what do you love more, God or money? Mm-hmm. It's in, it's obviously impossible to love both. So do you put more trust in your money that can dissolve in an instant? That's not really yours to begin with. So, and that's, it's temporary. Or do you put your trust in God? Mm-hmm. Provider of everything, provider of that money. Uh, prov- and, and you use it and you use what he's entrusted to you to further his plans, to further his kingdom. Yeah, I want to read this. So, I mean, go ahead. This description of uh, 1613, it really sums up everything that Aaron's saying here. Um, but it says, money can easily take God's place in your life. It can become your master. How can you tell if you are a slave to money? Ask yourself this. Do I think and worry about it frequently? Do I give up doing what I should do or would like to do in order to make more money? 
Do I spend a great deal of my time caring for my possessions? Is it hard for me to give money away? Am I in debt? Money is a hard and deceptive master. Wealth promises power and control, but often it cannot deliver. Great fortunes can be made and lost overnight, and no amount of money can provide health, happiness, or eternal life. How much better is it to let God be your master? His servants have peace of mind and security both now and forever. I like that. Boy, and we are all guilty of it, man. I mean, we are all at some point in our lives, or even now, especially when you have a family and stuff, you you do. I find myself stressing over money all the time. Why are we stressing over money? When we can just lean on the Lord to carry us through it. But we oh. we are all guilty of it, even, even Marshall and I. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I have stressed and worried over finances. You can ask my wife. Uh, we've had many conversations, good and bad, um, about finances um, because it's just mm-hmm. it, it's hard. It, 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 I'm not going to sit here and say that it's easy to trust God with your finances or your whole life in general. It's very, very hard. It's very, very challenging. And God realizes that, I do believe. Um, but that's what we're called to do, which is what we've been talking about this entire time so far. Is you've got to trust God with your finances. You've got to trust God with your entire life and every aspect of it. As difficult as it may be. Yeah. And here's the truth of the matter. If God is our master, if he truly is our master, then our wealth, that money that he's given us, is at his disposal. So he's going to do what he needs to do to complete that work in your life according to his will and his plans for you. Yeah, he'll take care of it. I mean, you think about it this way. So he if has our get whole into, life planned out. Uh, if he knows every hair on our head and how many we have, and he has our whole life planned out, and I'm talking to myself, don't you think that he's going to take care of your finances if we trust him with them? <laughs> Something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Verses 14 and 15. It's going to go into talking about these Pharisees. And this this is going to hit a, a, a bit close to home for the Pharisees who loved uh, loved their money. And so what does he say here? Now the Pharisees who were lovers of money were listening to all these things and were sneering and ridiculing him. So he says to them, you are the ones who declare yourselves just and upright in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts, your thoughts, your desires, your secrets, and for that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. Yep. So what is he basically saying here? He knows what's in their hearts. Yeah. You might be able to fool your buddies. You might be able to fool the fellow man, but you're not fool, you're not fooling God. No matter how fake yep. you act, God knows your heart. Yep. You're not fooling him. No matter yep. how how Christian like you are, he still knows what's on the inside. You know, he can gonna, see straight through you. Yeah, you know, and I'm going to be honest right there. You know, there's there's times in my life when um so I'll, I'll just use this for example. There was a there was a, a time at work when I was talking to a couple of individuals, and we, we started talking about faith and we started talking about God and stuff. And it was a great conversation, and I absolutely loved it. But at the end of the conversation, mm-hmm. one of the one of the girls said, "You really know a lot about the Bible. You really know a lot about like the Word of God. Like you're well versed or whatever." Is more or less what she was saying. And when she said that. 
Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I felt I felt horrible. I felt kind of fake, um, because I think about the way I act at work sometimes. I think about the way I act just in life, at home in general, um, and my personal struggles and stuff. And and I think about when I'm sitting there telling them all this stuff and talking about all these different things we were talking about. You know, I was really preaching to myself a lot. Um, but I just felt so guilty. I was like, God, you know, it's like we just read, God knows my heart. God sees when I'm being fake. God sees when I'm being real. Mm-hmm. Like he knows everything. And so just in that moment, and, and, I, and I think I may have told him, you know, well, it's not me. It's God. Like I, I have nothing to do with this. And I, I, I try to always say that to people because I don't yeah. want any of the glory. I don't want any of anything because I 100% telling you right now, it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with any, any of us. Anybody listening has nothing to do with you. All the glory and praise goes to God, yeah. no matter what happens in your life, no matter what you think you might be doing or helping or whatever, it's not you, it's God. And it's, we have to be so careful with that and be careful to, and make sure that we give all that glory to God because man, when you start taking, when you start taking the glory and the praise for, for what's going on, boy, that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a bad place to be. You better, you, you better know better than the yourself. Pharisees. Yeah, exactly. You better check yourself. Yeah, but here, Marshall, what you can do is you can rest in the fact that you're obviously, for her to make that statement, you're obviously living in a way and projecting at least a little bit Jesus. Yeah. And that's that's all part of your testimony. That's all part of your um, of, of how you share Jesus is somebody is obviously recognizing it. And that is exactly what we we're supposed to do. So you can rest in that fact and have peace of mind in the fact that, well, somebody's recognizing that and they're yeah. going to start to question, how do I live my life? How do I um, measure up? But yet something that we talked about in our men's group on uh, Tuesday was um, you are, that's something that you have to keep in mind too, is you are always being criticized, especially mm-hmm. as a Christian, because somebody is always watching for you to slip up. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about that. To discredit your faith. Well, that's what the, that's what the Pharisees were doing. Uh, when it says the Pharisees who love money heard all these things and were sneering at Jesus, they were just waiting for that moment. It's like they always are. Mm-hmm. Every time they're around Jesus and they hear Jesus praying or they preaching. They always were. Yeah, they're always just waiting for that one little thing for Jesus to slip up. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus isn't going to slip up for one, but they were just looking for anything. <laughs> no, he's God in the flesh. He don't slip up. Darn he's Pharisees. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read. I'm going to read 16 through 18, and then we're going to talk about it. Yep. And I'm sorry, folks. This is going to be a long podcast, but I really want to get through it because I, I I really loved this chapter, and uh, so we're just going to keep trucking along. If you guys got to pause this for any reason, pause it. Come back to it, whatever. But we're going to keep going because uh, th- it's that good. Yeah, buddy. And so so 16, the law and the writings of the prophets were proclaimed until John, since the gospel of the kingdom of God has been, has been and continues to be preached, and everyone tries forcefully to go into it. Yet... It is easier for heaven and the earth to pass away for a single stroke of a letter or than for a single stroke of a letter of the law to fail and become void. 
Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and he who marries one who is divorced from her husband commits adultery. Before you, Marshall, get fired up about it, because we, <laughs> we all know your situation, okay? It is not as it seems, okay? <laughs> I, I went into this. I actually... And that's a, that's a disclaimer. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, when I was reading that, 16 and, and mainly 18, when it starts talking about that, because in my little description at the bottom, it mentions Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4, and then mainly in Matthew 19, 10. Um, Matthew 19, 10, when I went back and I read that, and then I read this verse here in verse 18, I was comparing the two because when I saw the whole, uh, you know, anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery, and the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, I was like, wait a minute, hold the phone. There's more to that. And so I flipped back over to, I read that Matthew oh. 19, 10. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. That's just something completely different. And that's what I believe in. So I don't know what you're talking about here, Jesus, but you said something different back in Matthew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I did. Uh, I got excited <laughs> because I've been through it. I've been there. Is that weird? So let's start excited. by saying, <laughs> let's start by saying this. No, yeah, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. But we we got we got to start by saying this. What was the law originally uh established for? It was the law was uh originally established for humans to recognize uh just how sinful they were. Yeah. And then as we as we go along through these verses, uh John the Baptist marks an end for one uh, uh for one great aspect of God's work. And now the new covenant is being presented to fulfill the law, although it's different from the old law. Yeah, I wanted to read see Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4. Give me just one second. Let me Go ahead. Flip through yep. the pages. 24, 1 through 4. If a man marries a woman who became who becomes displeasing to him uh, because he finds something indecent about her and he writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her and sends her from his house, and if after she leaves his house, she becomes the wife of another man and her second husband dislikes her and writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her and sends her from his house. Or if he dies, then her first husband who divorced her is not the, uh, allowed to marry her again. After she has been defiled, that would be detestable in the eyes of the Lord. Do not bring this, bring sin upon the land. The Lord, your God is giving you as inheritance. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much like what Aaron was saying. Uh, some think this passage supports divorce, <clears throat> but that is not the case. It simply recognizes a practice that already existed in Israel. Uh, all four verses must be read to understand the point of this passage. It certainly is not suggesting that a man divorce his wife on a whim. It's just simply saying that divorce is permanent and final act of the couple. Once divorced and remarried to others, they can never be remarried to each other which is what 24.4 says. And it says this restriction was to prevent casual remarriage after a frivolous separation. The intention was to make people think twice before divorce. So like Aaron was saying back then, uh, when that was said, when it was created, when that law was there, uh, it was just, things were a lot different back then. And so it had a different, completely different meaning and purpose, which yep. I, honestly, when I read that and I saw that purpose and that intention of that law, I was like, I mean, it makes sense. You know, I, I really, I get it, you know. Um, it's going to really save you a lot of heartache and trouble. Yeah. Well, so now now we're looking at, 
we're looking at the new covenant. So that's what you know. Jesus is he, he's he's showing these Pharisees that hey, you know, it's we're, we're we're talking about a fulfillment of the law under the new covenant, and uh, that the law has its place. The law does is still important to God, and so. Um, it wasn't meant, the new covenant wasn't meant to neglect the law, but on the contrary, it brings everything together into two very simple things. Love God and love your neighbor, in which everything in the old law would be fulfilled or completed just by following those two very simple rules. Mm-hmm. So to, to live in a way submissive, uh, yeah, to live in a way that's submissive and obedient to God. And so what Jesus is pointing out in at the end of that in verse 18 with the the let me make sure yeah, with the whole divorce thing is that he's he's pointing out Jesus is pointing out that the law still has a place and that God still cares about his law and also our obedience. Mhm. That's all that he's 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 using that as an example, so that's like, hey, you know, this whole marriage thing is still an important thing to keep. Yeah, absolutely. And if you go but, back and if you go back and read, go ahead. Sorry, I'm, no, you're I'm fine. St- I'm rambling. I'm taking control of this thing. No, no, you're <laughs> fine. You're fine. I, I I just wanted to touch on that, <laughs> like you know, Aaron was saying earlier on that whole because back here. In Luke 16, 18, it says, Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery, and the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Well, if you go back and read Matthew uh, 19, it says 19, 10, but if you go into, let's go back to Matthew 19, 8, Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to, to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness. And marries another woman commits adultery. Yes, so there were so uh, stipulations. Exactly, there were stipulations. So you know the whole marital unfaithfulness. You know, so it, I I want to point out why this stood out to me and why this meant so much to me because in my personal situation when I went through a divorce, it right. was what was going on was marital unfaithfulness. Uh, that's what was going on, and me personally, yes. I had no control over that. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't prevent it. That person was going to do what they wanted to do. So since she did that, it put me in that boat of, you know, divorce being okay and being able to Mm -hmm. remarry afterwards. So again, this is why Aaron and I dig into this kind of stuff because there's a lot more than what meets the eye when it comes to reading the Bible. And this is why it's so important to read this. I know we said it a lot. We repeat ourselves a lot with that, but it is. That's why it's so important to take the time to, uh, to read this. And, and when people say study your word, it means actually study your word. Do it like you're studying a textbook from school. You that's why you, you get the you get God's word, and then you have to see what everybody else you know has taken out of it, and what it means, what different words mean, and there's just a whole process, just more than just reading the Bible. So, and are we good at it? No, we're not great at it. You know, we're not even just good at it, um, but we try and do our best. We try and interpret God's word in a way that makes sense and apply that to our our lives today. Yep. All right, Marshall, we're almost done here. 
we're going to get into uh, this next story. Yep. Okay. And the reason I'm calling this a story is because um, this is an interesting note here that Jesus uses a name in this story, suggesting that he knew this one from an eternal perspective. So mm-hmm. it's an actual, uh, uh, from an internal perspective, it's actual case history. Yep. And so, um, so we're going to see there's a there's this rich man. Um, starting in verse 19 here, who is habitually dressed in expensive, he, he's dressed in fancy clothes, and he lives uh, joy. Uh, he lives joyously in splendor every day. And then there's this poor man. His name is Lazarus. Now, no, this is not the same Lazarus that we yeah. heard of that Jesus raised from the dead. No. Um, of course, it's yet again another common name uh, in that era. And this this poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate. He's covered in sores and. Uh, all he want. Um, let me see how far do I want to go through twenty six. He's covered in sores and um, he he wants to eat the crumbs which fell from this man's table, this rich man's table, and even the dogs were licking his sores. Now it happened that the poor man died, and his spirit was carried away uh, by the angels to Abraham's bosom, which is paradise, and the rich man also died and was buried. In, in Hades, which is the realm of the dead, which we'll go, we'll get into that here in just a minute, being uh, in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in severe agony in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that uh, in your lifetime you received good things. Um, and Lazarus, likewise, bad things. But now he is comforted here in paradise while you are in severe agony. And besides all this, between us and you, um, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who want to come over from here to you will not be able, and none may cross over from there to us. Okay, that was long, but I, for some reason, have it all thing, uh, have it all together here. So this rich man... In, in this story, he didn't actually do anything to Lazarus. Um, besides, the only thing that he actually d- did was ignore him day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And what is he? Jesus is, is again, using this story to teach us um, this new covenant. So the rich man, neglect, he, he neglected that uh, love your neighbor attitude that the Lord calls us to to do, and what we've been talking about this whole chapter. Yeah, I have an interesting note here, Marshall. If you have nothing else to to add on to that, I know we went through a large portion of that uh, of that scripture, um, but we'll we'll move on if you don't have anything to add. No, yeah. you're fine. But the only thing is, I, I really want to touch on is the last couple uh, last few verses uh, from twenty nine to thirty one. Um, okay. So, but yes, yeah, so I'm good. Okay. So you'll probably find this interesting, Marshall. Um, when, you know how it said fed with the crumbs. So, yeah. um, during that, so did you know that during that time, um, during that time, of course, food was eaten, uh, with their hands, right? Yep. And the, the wealthy, the wealthy would, and this is, this is, I found this just wildly interesting. Um, the wealthy would use bread. They would break off a piece of bread. And like us nowadays using napkins, they used bread to wipe their hands, to clean their hands after the meal. 
And then when it says, when, you know, you see this a lot throughout the Bible that people just wanted to eat the crumbs of what the, the rich person had or the eat the crumbs of this and that. And that's, that's what this is talking about is the wealthy would, would wipe their hands off on this bread and then it was discarded or discarded to the poor or whatever. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's interesting. I never knew that, but it makes sense why the, um, why the poor would want to, you know, eat it because think about it. It's probably all different types of flavors of stuff on it. Plus that's, that's all they can get a hold of, but still it's like, right. you know, and in, in a weird way, it might be kind of tasty. <laughs> it's, it, it's disgusting to think of, but it's also kind of reassuring to think of too, because, um, it's like, okay, so maybe the poor people were getting what we uh, a bit more than what we were thinking crumbs actually were. You know, crumbs we think of, uh, you know, when you toast bread, what is coming out of the pan of your toaster, you think that's crumbs or uh, a broken piece of chip that falls on the floor. But no, this is like, this obviously would have been sizable pieces of bread. So, you know, I, hey, at least they're getting something, right? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it probably was full pieces of bread, you know, full slices, because you got to have a decent sized slice of bread to clean your hands off with. You know, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to try that tonight. I'm going to go get a piece of bread and clean my hands off with it and just throw it away. All right. <laughs> so, you know, we can, uh, presumably, we can assume that uh, Lazarus was being fed with, with these these crumbs, you know, these pieces of bread. Yep. But, uh, okay, so getting into verse 22. Uh, let's see here. Now it happens that uh, the Lazarus dies, the rich man dies, right? So he's, he's going to show us, uh, Jesus is now showing us through this story a stark contrast between heaven and hell, or mm-hmm. believer and unbeliever, and what both have to look forward to after our lives on this earth. So... Fact of the matter is, we all die. Just like the two in this story, our bodies are left here for a time. Let me put emphasis on that. Our bodies are left here for a time, and our spirit or our souls pass on until the day of Jesus' return. Yep. So verse 23, uh, the the rich man in his mortal life obviously put his faith and trust in his wealth, whereas uh, Lazarus obviously put his faith and trust in God to provide uh, even in the position that he was. So even though he was poor, uh, Lazarus obviously was still leaning on on God to um, to provide for him, to give him what he needed to sustain his life, right? Yep. So this, this leads to uh, two entirely different eternal options. One, peace and comfort. Put your faith and trust in God, and your eternal options are peace and comfort. But you put your faith in worldly things, and you never turn to Jesus, and you never believe in uh, what he's done for us. What do you have to look forward to? Pain and torment. And this is what the rich man is experiencing. Yes, he may have been happy on this earth. He may have not suffered in his earthly life, but all that wealth and uh, temporary comfort that he experienced in uh, in the worldly things passed away when his body was buried in the ground, yeah. and so uh, this is this this point here is a good time to remind everybody that um, of what Jesus taught us. I think earlier in 
in Luke and uh, in in the Gospels that uh, we are to store up our treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. Yep, 100%. Yes. So I want to back up that kind of that kind of rounded out through 26, but I kind of uh well, what did you have what did you have there towards the end of this? This little just, section here. I was just going to read 29 through 31, which is the the, the ending of this. And then read this little ex- excerpt at the bottom that explains everything. Um, so if you want to go back and touch on oh, whatever you're okay. going to touch All on, right. then that's, you know, do what you got to do. Do your thing. Well, I just, yeah, I just wanted to back up. Well, I just, so 26 here. Um, let's see here. Okay, yep. Yeah, so, you know, you, we, we read in 26, besides this, between you, and there's a great chasm fixed. Um, and we're where this is all taking place. I want to back up a little bit. And, uh, it mentioned Hades and Hades is, uh, is Greek. And then, um, when I was making these notes, I put place Hades is the place of the dead and that, um, or Sheol Sheol is Hebrew, which all of this means place of the dead. So it, it appears to be, um, it appears to be one place. Okay. With two different areas, so to speak, which is why uh, moving forward, we'll see Abraham is able to converse with the rich man. Why in 26 here, verse 26, we can see that Abraham is able to converse with this rich man. So we could do, Marshall, a whole podcast on just this, on um, what all this is. It's, It's very interesting. It's intriguing to to kind of study this because there's a whole bunch of different thoughts and ideas on what Hades is and and how it differs oh, from yeah. you know what Hades is and what Abraham's bosom is and uh, and how it differs from heaven and actual hell in, in short uh one place in Hades comforts Abraham's bosom okay and one place in uh, uh and there is uh and one in one place in Hades torments but what we need to remember is there's no going back and forth. No. So once you're in one place or the other, you, there, you, there's there's no going back. You're stuck. Better figure it out before you go so, there, bud. <laughs> yeah. And so so like the 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 rich man is obviously he's at, at this point in the game he's realizing that he lived a a selfish life um, with complete disregard. To anyone, this is this is kind of uh, going into verse twenty-seven. Um, he's he's realizing that he lived this selfish life with complete disregard to anyone but himself. So I'm going to leave it there, and then uh, because now we're kind of getting into. Uh, you said you wanted to go get into twenty-nine there, right? Yeah, I'm going to read twenty-nine through thirty-one, and then explain it because the explanation at the bottom, towards the end of the, the, this explanation, it says a few things that kind of should rock you a little bit. Right. But okay, so so this this rich man is saying, "Hey, you know, he's he's lived his whole life selfishly and and like I said, uh thinking of only uh, and nobody but himself. And this guy had five brothers. So now, now that he's being tormented and uh he wants to uh, he either wants a second chance or he wants somebody to go back and tell his brothers that this place actually exists. And um, that it's not it's uh, that those worldly possessions are not all they're cracked up to be. So uh, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to step on your toes either. 
<laughs> Step on but, my toes. So go boy. ahead, and then. Um, I don't I don't want to step on your toes because I do have notes on that going forward in verse 29 but go ahead and let's let's hear it and I can I can kind of insert them wherever so all right ladies and gentlemen put your hearing ears on grandpa turn up that hearing aid because it's about to get good I'm just kidding <laughs> it, it is gonna, it's all good but I had to say that so anyway so I'm just gonna read it's all good. Yes, I'm going to read through 29 through 31. Now I'm going to read my little excerpt down at the bottom. So it says, Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. So with that being said, now, remember, this is all in the red lettering. This is all Jesus is talking here. So I'm going to read my little excerpt at the bottom that explains all this. Mm-hmm. The rich man thought that his five brothers would surely believe a messenger who had been raised from the dead. But Jesus said that if they did not believe Moses and the prophets, who spoke constantly of the duty to care for the poor, not even a resurrection would convince them. Notice the irony in Jesus' statement here. Mm-hmm. On his way to Jerusalem to die, he was fully aware that even when he had risen from the dead, most of the religious leaders would not accept him. They were set in their ways, and neither mm. scripture nor God's son himself would shake them loose. Now, when I read that, I was just like, neither scripture nor God's son himself would shake them loose. So think about it. Jesus was in flesh. Boy. I mean, these, these people got to see him face yeah. to face. And not even that would shake these guys and wake them up to smell the coffee and realize what was going on. So when I read that, I was just like, wow, <laughs> how stubborn and hard-headed could you be? Yeah. I mean, there comes a point in your life that, like these like these guys, these hard-headed people, that that refuse to see that you've gotten so wrapped up you and you you've gotten um so used to that worldly living that selfish living that you you're just you're so deep you're so entrenched in um what the world has to offer that you're 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 completely blinded mm-hmm. to to something so much greater yeah like Jesus here in the flesh a living god yeah. A God in the flesh. Absolutely. That's well, crazy. good. I'm not going to step on your toes then when, <laughs> <laughs> when I say, you know, so to uh, expand on what you were reading there, Marshall, so like him having access to the voice of the past prophet. So this rich man had, had that same access. He had access to the prophets of the past and choosing either to obey God's word or not, it's up to it's a and now it's up to his brothers to choose. There is no going back after this life. Is uh, uh, there's no going back after this life is over. There is no redo. And and like him, uh, like the rich man, uh, if he didn't heed God's word through uh, through the prophets, what good is it to send a dead man as a messenger? That's kind of. Yeah. 
what I had in my notes. God, God is not a magician. Uh, he he can do. I, I I say that loosely because to I, I say that as part of making the point that I'm going to make here. He's not a, ma- a magician or a genie. He wants all of us to come to him in full faith and trust. He shouldn't have to give us a sign to believe because he already has. And you know what that sign was? It was Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus was that sign. He already he already gave us the the miracle that trumps all miracles and that was Jesus. Yep. And aside Amen. from that, just to go back and read his word, just go back and read his word and you'll see that he has given us multiple signs that strengthen our faith in him. Oh yeah. <laughs> So does he does he need to continue to do that? No, but does he choose to do that? Is he capable of uh, doing miracles in our life? Yes, most certainly. And does he, out of the goodness of his heart? Yes, because he loves us. But he doesn't have to for to make us believe. He doesn't have to uh, to do to provide any more signs. He's given us everything in his word for us to believe. Had a little sneeze there. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> so, I wanted to, I, I wanted to kind of, we're, we're going to start closing this out here, Marshall. I said that everything we need to know, God has provided in His Word, and it's up to you, the listener. It's up to you, Marshall. It's up to me. It's up to all of us of whether or not we are going to listen. So don't, don't, don't. I don't want to leave everybody with this. Uh, don't be that rich man. In, yep. in quotations, wishing you could have done things differently. You could have cared about others more. Heed God's calling now, before it's too late. Store up those treasures in heaven and watch how God changes your life on this earth. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't have said it better myself. And this is it's turning out, but it's, it's that good, and it really does get you fired up. The more you study, the more you kind of get in and and read what God is telling us uh, just a little deeper. You know, a lot of this, uh, a lot of His Word, you can't necessarily read at face value. No, you but can't. it's you just it's good stuff. It. Oh yeah, I mean, there's some of it that you can, but a, a lot of it, and, and the reason for that being is because um, God has crafted His Word in a way that it's timeless. No. That it, it it's it's a reason. There's a reason that it's a living document, mm-hmm. and so that's why it's it, it's written the way it is. Is so that it will it, it'll transcend throughout the ages. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called the living, breathing word of God. Mm-hmm. Well, shoot, good work, bud. We got it done. We made it through an hour and forty five minutes later. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. The people are going to be, uh, everybody listening are, are going to wonder what. <laughs> I'm not listening to that. It's too stinking long. <laughs> hey, if you've is... made it this far, congratulations. Hey, if you've made it this far, we might just send you a free Bible. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You deserve something. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, uh, so all right. So I wanted to. Um, I, I've chosen a song for this week, and I wanted to let me let me go back and look at their name here. I, I 
I had to be careful because, of course, Marshall, I, uh, you know this. Maybe you don't because we haven't lived in the same state for a long time, but I'm a huge rocker. I love I love heavy metal. I love uh, rock music. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, but when choosing some of this stuff, I because I could listen to this stuff all the time. And it and the more, you know, the screaming, the heavy metal, the the power ballads and everything, that's just that's just <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yeah, exactly. And I found I we've had several we've had several really cool artists um send us music that was just like that Christian heavy metal. Yeah. And uh so anyway, I wanted to recognize this week um and I I hope uh, those of you that have lasted this long with us, um, I, I'm choosing one of their uh, more not, and I'm going to say mellow. And some of you may not think it's mellow, um, but to me, with with what I like to listen to, it's it's mellowed. <laughs> but um, thank you to saved the band saved by Scarlet for their music this week. Um, I've listened to a lot of their music. Uh, here lately and uh, I love it. I love it. They've got some really good hard stuff. They've got some more mellow stuff and they've got some even one that's just a real it's even real mellow. It's almost on the verge of contemporary but um, they're great. So it's great. So Saved Saved by by Scarlet. Scarlet. You guys make sure you go Saved. Yep. Saved by Scarlet. So um, those of you listening go check them out. Go download their stuff and um show them show them some support all these artists that we are uh recognizing throughout these episodes um need support too this this is what they're passionate about and it's our pleasure to continually recognize these amazing artists so anyway that's that guys thanks for listening to and enduring not enduring. It was a really good Bible study tonight. It was. It was. It was uh, thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you liked what you heard and you like what you're hearing, share this episode. We keep forgetting to do that at the end of these episodes. Share this episode with somebody this week. We can't tell you how good that would help, how well that would help us out in uh, just trying to spread God's word. And yeah. um, as always, uh, get on apple itunes or itunes and leave us a good rating leave us a review that boosts us up in there helps us get noticed and ultimately spreads the gospel even that much further spotify you can also anywhere you listen to podcasts get on there leave us a good rating leave us a good review if you can follow us on social media facebook instagram uh twitter uh get on there give us a like subscribe youtube you can subscribe you can leave comments on youtube check us out there what else marshall i think that's it what I about our email the only address? one just talking here no it was like mel they go for it at mel at undaunted pursuit what is it <laughs> yeah, okay all right yeah. Uh, yeah anything you guys want to send us a message you want to just talk with us uh, we we would love to hear from you guys so message us on social media message us uh you can send us an email mail at undauntedpursuit.com and yeah that it's that easy folks and yes marshall i think that is about it so i am starving to death right now so i'm gonna go eat 
as usual, because this is um, we. Hey, you know, guys, we do this after work. We both get off of work, we race home, and uh, we we come in to do this. We've we've studied all week for this. We've in whatever. So yeah, that's why you hear me most of the time. Marshall's already ate, so he's never hungry. But uh, you know, we we get in and we I want to eat. So yep, I'm just jabbering. I'm only trying to make this. I'm only trying to run this thing out to two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to walk off here. You can finish it on your own, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, we we're on the verge of becoming a Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, if you're listening, hit us up. heck yeah love to talk with you anyway all right guys thanks for listening we'll see you guys next time undaunted pursuit podcast bye later